What's going on, everybody? Mark Bonwin here, host of the Finding Strong podcast, and I am flying solo for another strong session. I am absolutely pumped up to bring another one of these to you before our next episode drops. Michael is still traveling, but fear not, he will be home tomorrow because we all know he's a much better podcast host than I am. And we will sit down this week with Alexander Buck to record part two of this guy's incredible series. I'm so happy to be a small part of bringing that to life and trying to do it justice is impossible because he's such an impressive person. So looking forward to that. That full episode will be out next week. It's sure to be a good one. I am excited for it. This week, we have a 15-minute strong session. Last week's strong session was listened to, downloaded in 45 countries, which is impressive, incredible. I'm so grateful for the support that we have. On this week's strong session, we're going to jump into easy running, heart rate training, and a field test to find your max heart rate. So I'm excited to jump into this week's strong session. Thank you again for joining me. Let's hop in. All right. So the first best practice that I could recommend for endurance athletes of all levels, for runners of all levels, is to simply slow down when running your easy mileage. And I talk about this a lot on social media, especially especially on social media, because that's where it needs to be talked about. Social media is such a highlight reel and people talking about their quality sessions and their 800s and their 5K time trials and all of these things. And that looks great, but it's such a small component of training versus what you're doing the bulk of the time. You're spending most of the time recovering and running easy. Easy mileage is the basis for almost every reputable training protocol that there is or training philosophy that there is. So running slow provides a host of benefits that you can't get at any other pace range. So when I talk about slow, I want to talk about something we consider it conversational pace. Um, We would consider it all day pace, easy run, So typically under 70% of your max heart rate, even lower is fine. Um, If we're looking at, you know, that's if you're training by chest trap heart rate. Um, If we're looking by effort zones, a four out of 10 or a two out of five, depending, you know, what your effort zones look like. If you're using a three zone model, then that would be all in zone one on that model um, for clarification. So some of the things that are running really easy, really slow Uh, due to your body on a cellular level is key. So one of them obviously is you develop aerobic enzymes. So developing aerobic enzymes and mitochondrial density, both of those aid in the production of aerobic energy. So obviously any sport or any event that lasts longer than four or five minutes in duration is going to require a lot of aerobic output, cardiovascular output. These enzymes and mitochondrial density improves that. Um, Another thing it does is you develop capillary density. Again, this is in that low pace range. Um, So that means more blood and oxygen into the muscle, potentially more waste product out of the muscle. You can think of your capillaries kind of as a highway running through your body. Um, 
as you get more density of capillaries in your muscle fibers, you're more efficiently able to power those muscles and therefore able to run faster. So early on, you can see here how running slow actually at a cellular level makes you a better runner. Yet a lot of people who maybe haven't been doing this sport a long time or something like that don't understand how crucial running slow actually is. Um, another thing on a, on a, on a physical level, running slow, it builds resistance to fatigue. So when we talk about fatigue resistance, it basically increases your body's ability to go longer. Um, therefore you become more durable. It strengthens the connective tissue. Um, it helps you absorb impact better therefore, and it provides a recovery stimulus. So, you know, it's something to do in between your quality sessions in between your, your long runs. So without this, you're missing a big component because it is the bulk of your training. Uh, in my training, you know, usually 85% of it is done at this very sub maximal zone two, um, or sub 140 beats per minute heart rate for me. So it's really crucial to implement this. And, you know, a good, a good gauge of this is like, you can have pretty clear conversation. So you not spitting out two or three words at a time, you know, at that point, when you're, when you're starting to do that, you're hitting this ventilatory threshold that you don't want to go over. So you want to stay under that. So, uh, when you can string together a few sentences at a time, you're probably good. You want to be able to talk, but if you can sing, you know, you can probably speed up just a little bit if you'd like to. I think those are pretty good rudimentary gauges, but again, so many benefits to slow running. I cannot preach it enough. So slow down, hit that all day pace, recover, utilize this very easy, simple, effective training method. That's going to make you better cellular at a cellular level, at a musculoskeletal level, at an emotional, mental level, do this, avoid burnout, avoid injury and improve in all of those areas that we just talked about. Next, I want to hop into an issue that I face as a coach, um, who's somebody who frequently talks about training and this is diving into technology and the role that it plays and its importance, but specifically getting into heart rate training and heart rate monitors. So heart rate training at its base is a very effective method for training. The issue is that it comes with a host of limitations. For one, when most people are training, they use their uh, basic uh, a basic formula of 220 minus their age to find heart rate or um, 180 minus your age for your math heart rate. And those are okay. Those get you to the to the ballpark. But the problem is, is it's not so much a problem, but we are humans and we are very individual at a cellular level in terms of DNA, clearly. Um, so the limitation is that formula doesn't work for most people. It might work on average, but most people are either below the average or above the average. Um, so simply taking 220 and then subtracting your age. So for me, that would be 179 beats per minute as my, or I'm sorry, 100, 189 beats per minute. I made myself 42 there for a second. So 189 beats per minute. My heart rate is actually lab tested higher than that at, 
at the age of 31. So that's unlikely to be my max heart rate. So as you can see, that skews the percentages. So heart rate training, and if you're not training in the right percentages, and you're not getting the benefit of the training protocol. So heart rate training in general, obviously is great, but you need to know your max heart rate. There are a few tests that you can do to get your max heart rate. And I can talk about those later, but in general, it's very hard to get an accurate max heart rate reading unless you're going to do a lab test. And that can be expensive. Um, and other than the cost prohibitive nature of it, it could also just be that it's hard to find for a lot of people who don't have access to it. So that's why I always think effort kind of trumps heart rate in terms of ideal training modules. Um, another issue is that almost everybody has a heart rate monitor on their watch now. The problem is, is that it's typically a wrist-based sensor and they have a number of shortcomings. And the biggest problem is that they tend to overpredict your heart rate. A lot of people will just be running at an easy, easy pace. And I'll use myself again as anecdotal evidence. I was just chugging along at 755 pace, feeling really good and early into a recovery run. And my heart rate was reading at about 117, 118 beats a minute as I was just getting out the door, uh, a couple, you know, a kilometer down the road or whatever. So that's pretty normal. But somewhere around the two or three mile, in between two and three miles, my heart rate spiked up to 184, running at the same effort at 751 pace. So if I were to use my chest strap, for example, at the same time, my heart rate would likely have been in the 120s, um, maybe the very low 130s, but unlikely probably in the 120s. Uh, if you're running at 180 something beats per minute, you know it. Uh, the issue is, is that the, the sensor is an ocular sensor. So it reads like temperature and color of your skin. A lot of things can throw that off. I'm personally tattooed. So there's limitations there. And then there's a lot of evidence that suggests the faster you run, the less accurate the heart rate monitor, the ocular sensor actually is. So it might do very well for somebody who's maybe a back of the pack runner, but somebody who is a little more advanced in running is likely not to get an accurate reading from it. And again, to train by heart rate, you need an accurate reading. So I think for that reason, I tell my athletes and, and you can ask any of them this. I tell them when they, when they give me wrist-based heart rate stats, a lot of times I'm out with frustration because their heart rate will say it's beating at 220 beats a minute on an easy run. Like, you know, I have a guy who's a 16, 10, 5k, for example, and on an easy run at like, 740 pace, it was telling him 215 beats a minute, which is completely ludicrous and insane and not accurate. So if they don't give me chest strap data, I don't even take the data into an account because it's just not effective. I was part of a study at Eastern Michigan University, not actually conducting the study, but I was a subject. And it the study conclusion basically found that wrist-based heart rate monitor and their algorithm actually underpredicts VO2 max most of the time, and it overpredicts heart rate. So I would stay away from any type of wrist-based heart rate monitor training. You can use a chest strap for a much more accurate reading. Uh, you know, those are somewhere around 95 to 97% accurate. Bonus points if you actually know your max heart rate, then you can really dial things in. If not, 220 minus age is a good guideline for your max heart rate, then take just under 70% of that. And you got a good easy run. Uh, if you want to follow Maffetone training, then 180 minus your age is a better predictor. I use that. So I use 180 minus my age, um, which would be 148. And then I take five more beats off of that. So I try to make sure 
my easy runs never cross over 143 beats per minute if I'm using my chest strap. Just some food for thought on that, but I would not get too caught up on the data because the truth is, is that it's likely ineffective, inaccurate, and you don't have the proper scale established anyway. All right, now, so if you're wondering, well, I want to try to get my max heart rate. I can't do it in a lab test. I want to see if there's another test I can use, maybe a field test that I can use uh, that isn't one of the two formulas, the, the 220 minus age and the math formula that I talked about earlier. There is a way that you can manually try to test your heart rate, assuming you have a reliable heart rate monitor. So if you have a chest strap, what I would do is maybe jog around for 15 minutes uh, to the bottom of a fairly steep hill, kind of a medium grade, four to six percent. Um, so jog around to the bottom of the hill. The workout itself is going to be on the hill. So do your warm up, finish the 15 minute jog, do some acceleration, some strides, some dynamic stretches, and then go. The hill needs to be you need to be able to get at least two minutes in duration on the hill. So run uphill very hard for two minutes. See what your heart rate tops out at jog back down, start again, repeat this over and over again until your most recent repetition heart rate doesn't get higher than the previous before. So I'll give you a scenario. I jog to the hill, do the dynamic stretches. I sprint uphill for two minutes. I check my heart rate at two minutes. It's 185. I jog back down. I start again. This time my heart rate gets to 190. I check it. I jog back down. On the third repetition, after two minutes, my heart rate only gets to 188. It's safe to say at this point that I've probably redlined and I've hit my max heart rate, which would be a reading of 190. This, this is a pretty accurate um, method to use. It's not going to still provide the accuracy of a lab test, of course, but it might provide you with better accuracy than just using the 220 minus age or math formula. So you can give that a try. I will let you know now that it definitely hurts. I'll be testing that out pretty soon and I'll use this. So I'll report back on the data, but it's something that I put my athletes through. I heard uh, Zach Bitter on his podcast does something similar. So I've kind of adapted that. It, it, it seems like a great idea and the science backs it. So if you want to try a field test to get your max heart rate, this is a good way to do it. And if I didn't explain that the best, please let me know. Drop me a message. You know, I'm always quick to respond and I'll get back to you with my thoughts on it. Um, but yeah, that's the best way to maybe field test for your max heart rate if you don't want to use a formula and you can't use a laboratory. Okay, my beautiful people, that is it for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to support the show, the best way to do it is subscribe to us wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Also, you can rate us, review us on Apple and on Spotify. Thank you for doing that. We are well over 100 uh, five-star reviews now, and I am grateful for the outpouring of support. This podcast is really taking off, so I'm excited for its growth, but none of it would be possible without you. So hope you enjoyed today's episode. As a recap, remember to slow down and get the benefits of that easy training. 
heart rate training can be a very effective method, but it has to be executed properly and you need to have good data points. And we included a field test that you can use to get your approximate max heart rate. So again, hope you enjoyed this. I hope it was worth the listen. If it was, if you thought it was great, share it in your story, tag us in it, tag me in it at Bottenhorn Running. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And until next time, everybody, stay strong.